Hey, is it Saturday yet? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> A podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Is It Saturday? Yeah, I'm your host, Luke Owens, and alongside my great co-hosts, Big Hoppa, Bryce Hopwood, Fresh Legs Diaz, Andrew Diaz. Boys, I'm excited for tonight. We've got the Big 12 preview. We've got the American Conference preview. And we are, as of right now, as we are recording this, 10 days away from college football. So I'm I'm excited. This is a fun two conferences to break down that kind of connect because they had some teams switching over. And also, I mean, these are two really deep conferences. So this is going to be a fun episode. I'm excited personally. Uh, obviously, Two of our, what, five or six guests uh, this offseason. We have one from each conference, so uh, we'll definitely uh, get into those guys. Um, Not them specifically, necessarily, but um, yeah, so one from each conference. Uh, Obviously, shout out number 57, my boy Johnny Hodges, and Joshua Jett Cephas, my boy. I did, I should actually, hold, hold on, another, another close change. You guys, you guys take over one sec. The second week in a row, we're getting a hot merch that neither of us will be able to see, uh, which, you know, last week you had the Miami, Ohio letterman. But, yeah, I'm excited for this week. It's um, I think it'll be interesting to talk about the the teams switching into the conferences because it's a whole new landscape for both of them. Um, I personally, you know, am not 100 percent sure how that's going to look with like a BYU and a UCF in the Big 12 now and like Cincy. But I'm excited for it. Change is always fun. It's always weird to see. But I am kind of excited to kind of go over all that. The best part about hop changing is that like most of the people, well, everyone is consuming this via audio. I mean, we can make a clip of it for sure, but it's just very funny that uh, every episode has to change and we're the only people that can see it. Oh, that shirt is kind of dope. Hop still muted as he tries to explain his shirt. Yeah, here we go. This is the Jet Seifer special. You can get it on his, uh, if you go to his stuff. We got Joshua Cephas. We got a little San Antonio in the background. A little something and, and Jet on the front there. So so a little, a little preview of what's to come tonight. Um, But the other thing I did want to talk about, the first edition of the AP Top 25 dropped, and I encourage everyone. And I say this from the bottom of my heart to go to studentunionsports.com to check out Big Hoppa's preview. He broke down each of the 25 teams. And I got to say, it was funny. It was informative. And I don't give compliments to people, especially Hop, unless I really mean it. So encourage you guys to check it out. Um, But you look at the, you know, no surprises, top four, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. Then you've got uh, LSU, USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, Washington, rounding out the top 10. I guess I'll ask you guys this. Is there anything that kind of stands out to you from this initial ranking? Yes, um, you want to take it first? Yeah, I mean, like, as a Notre Dame fan, I think they're a top 10 team. I don't, I'm not going to say they're a top four team, but they're, they – Fuck, they pumped Clemson last year, and I think they've only gotten better this offseason. So maybe it's more of a gripe that Clemson's at nine. Clemson has done really nothing to deserve being at number nine. You know, especially, I I don't know, I just don't think they've gotten better, Um, whereas Notre Dame's gotten better. I think Texas should be ahead of him, Washington, uh, Tennessee, and I would even say Utah ahead of Clemson. I don't. Maybe I'm contradicting myself from the ACC episode. I could could completely be doing that. 
But after seeing that, I just don't see them as a top 10 team this year. The rest of the, you know, the top 10, I have no issue with maybe change up the order, you know, a little bit moving teams one or two slots back or forward. But other than that, the Clemson thing is, is the one issue I have. I, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to me how this ended up laying out. And I mean, we don't have to go over it. Obviously we have like another episode or two to get into it before the season starts, but Ohio state getting a first place vote, I thought was a joke. Um, I don't like them at three. I do not like Bama at four. Um, I, I think USC, frankly, should probably be third. Um, to be completely honest with you, um, but I, I didn't. I didn't give my top twenty-five rankings. I just kind of gave a little bit about each each team in the top twenty-five and what uh, what to kind of expect from them. Um, yeah, personally, I think there's a lot of what's going to make this year fun is there's a lot of questions at quarterback. I mean, Georgia returns a lot of guys, but um, Carson Beck. His middle name is Rain, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, I don't know if you can trust a guy with the middle name Rain. Um, but, yeah, between Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, um, there's a lot of uh, quarterback questions there. And as you get down the list, especially to, like, Tennessee at 12, I didn't really like. People love Joe Milton for his arm strength, but it'll be interesting. It seems like a lot of these teams are ranked based off of their quarterback, but also also maybe maybe pedigree more than anything. I feel like Utah's disrespected every single year. I I, I don't get that. Cameron oh, yeah. Rising's back. They add Micah Pittman. They're going to be a great team again. They just won the Pac-12. And it's one of those times where it's like they, there's no reason why they can't beat USC again. Like, I don't – I'm not saying USC doesn't deserve to be ranked over them because of what happened last year, but I will say it feels like every time they play, Utah just out-physicals them and ends up winning the game. So I, I, I will – I will – you know, throw my head into that ring where I just feel like Utah every single year, people just forget that they dominate the Pac-12. Dude, it was crazy. When I was going back to write the article, I wrote, I wrote it in there. Um, But the, I even sent the text to you guys at like 1030 at night and when, when it's 1130 for you guys. I was like, I the trivia question of how many Pac-12 championships has Utah been in a row? If you don't count the 2020 shortened season, it would be four. Or four out of five for Utah, which I was crazy, like something I would not have guessed. Um, but yeah, Pac-12, we'll get into it soon. But it's it. This conference is crazy, man. All of these conferences. I'm just so excited for the year. I, I will also add when you get to twenty, I think three or four of those teams should not be in the top twenty-five. I'd say Oklahoma. Uh, A&M and Iowa, I don't think are top 25 teams this year. Um, and I, I don't know who, you know, off the top of my head, I'd put in there. I mean, in the top 25, but I just don't see those teams as, you know, teams that should be ranked right off the rip. If we're going to, you know, if you are going to factor in a little bit of how play was last season. I mean, we'll talk about them. I think UTSA not being ranked is a joke. Like, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think it's a joke. The way they play these, and I know how the AP poll goes. They rank all the power five teams. They threw a bone to Tulane at 24, but like UTSA is a team that I think should definitely be in. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't agree with all three of those teams that you named. We'll get into some of those as the episode goes on. Iowa for sure though. What are we doing there at 25? I don't care. Like, I, I do. I think Tulane should, well, that's a team we'll talk about tonight, but I think they should be higher. And like you said, UTSA is a team that definitely should be in there. It, it's, it's come to the point where we have a group of five teams that are very, very good, but if because they're not in a power five conference, they're just kind of thrown to the side. And like you said, thrown a bone. It's like here, you can get the number 24 spot, you know, 
right in front of Iowa, right behind A&M, which if Tulane A&M played last year, I think Tulane pumps them, just absolutely pumps them. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see this year. A uh, couple things just to wrap up before we get into the conferences. Tulane does play Tennessee. I believe it's week two. So that'll be an interesting game uh, to watch for. Um, but mostly, I, I agree with the Iowa thing. Diaz, I'm sure you'll like my blurb on Iowa. Um, but the, and the others receiving votes, um, a couple relevant uh, comments to this podcast, I guess Texas tech was uh, the first, the leading and the others receiving votes. So if you want to call it 26, go ahead with 101 UTSA was, had the fourth most in that category with 64. Uh, And then I thought this was interesting. You have Kansas at 10 Louisville at 10 uh, just votes in general Toledo with four. Um, Again, trying to keep this relevant to the teams that we've kind of talked about already. Duke had four. Illinois had three. Coastal Carolina had three. James Madison had one. And South Alabama had one. So kind of an interesting little, especially I think the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt got a little bit, little bit contentious with us, with our winners and some of the better teams. So um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes this year. But yeah, I'm excited. We got rankings. We got ball 10 days away. Week zero is on the horizon and we got the big 12 and uh, AAC tonight. Yeah, we'll start with the Big 12, and uh, it's it's going to be an interesting conference. It's the last year for Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12. We've got some new faces, UCF, BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati. Feels like everyone's going to be coming at the throats of Texas and Oklahoma. It's their last year. You know, I'm sure a lot of teams aren't very happy about their decision to go to the SEC, but it's, it's strange. Like, it is strange looking at the Big 12 and being like, okay, like, Houston makes sense since you kind of – and then you're like, BYU and UCF, it's it's definitely an interesting and a new conference, but also, you know, the last year for Texas and Oklahoma to make their imprint on the conference. Thank you, Diaz. What? Take, I take what? Just my thoughts? Some on comments. Yeah, comment or something. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I said it when you were off, you know, doing your thing, throwing a T-shirt on that uh, I thought that seeing the new teams was definitely going to be weird. It's going to be a weird change. And, I completely forgot about the Texas and Oklahoma departure next year, which kind of takes a lot of air out of the uh, Big 12 balloon a little bit. Um, because, you know, even when those teams are bad, they're still looked at as, you know, the premier programs. They'll still bring in big recruits. So I think that overall hurts the Big 12 with them leaving next year. And I, I do think there's going to be one of those teams will have a very big year. Another will not in the Big 12 in their final year. Uh, but I am excited to see a team like UCF um, come in and, you know, try to make some noise. Same with BYU, who's always a consistently good school, um, and Cincy, who's been good the past few years. But losing your head coach that you had so much success under, n- moving to another conference will not be a fun transition for them, I think, at least the first year or two. Yeah, like you said, Diaz, I mean, we see it when you play like Madden every year and you try to be like your own player. Obviously, the branding is huge when it comes to Texas and Oklahoma, that kind of stuff. Um, Two of the most recognizable brands in all of college football. Um, And they're look, I mean, yeah, Texas and OU going to the SEC kind of makes sense. It's in the South. Like you mentioned with UCF, kind of a little weird for a team from Central Florida being in the Big 12 now and BYU coming in, flying in from Provo. But um, ultimately, the conference, I, I, I don't want to say it's I'm not going to say it's going to get better because 
the the branding and the weight that can hold be held behind um Texas and OU is way too big. But uh at the end of the day, like you said, Diaz, I totally agree with you. One of these teams I think is really good this year, which is all that really matters for right now. Um, and I think one of these teams is gonna struggle. Are me and Hop gonna be in lockstep again? Dude, we, I think we are. Will this be Luke versus the pod week, you know, second week in a row? Yeah, Somebody make awesome. Luke versus the world shirts. It's gonna be Luke versus the world. Uh, we'll get into our winners here, and I'll just immediately get you guys out my throat. Um, but you look at the odds. Texas is odds on favor. They're at plus a hundred. Uh, Oklahoma's at plus four twenty behind them. Then you got defending champion Kansas State plus five hundred. Then you got you know Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, and that next group, and then kind of everybody else. And all right, here we go, boys. I'm taking Oklahoma to win the Big Twelve at plus four twenty. Uh, so okay, so me and Diaz definitely have the same thinking there. Yeah, OU is not winning this conference this year. No, everyone, shot. everyone's low in Oklahoma, and I get it. They didn't have a good year last year, but I think Dylan Gabriel is the best quarterback in the conference, and I think that having him healthy makes this team a lot better. What five hundred five hundred? Clip it, clip it, social guy, get on this, clip it. So what? Oh it's God. it's Quinn Ewers that what you guys are saying? Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean Jalen Daniels should should certainly have a case. I'm um, good on Jalen Daniels. Wow, dude! I know he's respect. good. He's good, but I like Dylan Gabriel better. I mean, this is a guy that when they had him last year, they averaged 510 yards per game and 37 points per game when he started. Like he got hurt, the wheels fell off the wagon in year one. I think this is all a matter of do you believe in Brett Venables or not? And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna bounce back in year two. I think they're gonna figure it out. So I like Oklahoma. Seven starters back on offense. Marcus Major is a stud out of the backfield. They've got a good opportunity down the stretch to really clean up. You know, they play Texas, but after that, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, TCU. Like, I like their schedule down the stretch. I think you're discounting that schedule too much. With uh, Plumlee at quarterback for UCF, getting that game at home. UCF is coming off a bye. Are we both staring at our Phil, Phil Steele right now? Uh, I'm I'm I, looking at my notes personally, but okay, fair enough. Uh, and then you go to Kansas, to Stillwater, uh, West Virginia should be a cakewalk, and then you got to go to Provo late in the season. I just I don't, not that necessarily BYU and West Virginia are scary, but I think that's you get Texas in the start of October. I think that stretch is is a lot tougher than you're giving it credit for. Yeah, that's actually one of something I had in my notes too, but whatever. I'll 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 take the torch here and go with my conference winner, and it's the favorite. I'm I wrote yeah. about it a couple weeks ago. I took Texas. Um, no no, that's illegal. Throw the flag. Need a flag. Horns <laughs> down. No, we're in the, the SEC. Pod. Horns down but, is allowed. But yeah, they got, I'm buying into the Quinn Ewers hype. Am I ready to possibly be hurt? I I am, but I think Quinn Ewers is legit. He's got Xavier Worthy back, which is huge. He he's. Probably the fourth best receiver in the nation, you know. Even when you fact like you factor in Harrison's the clear cut number one, and Egbuka is the two, he's third or fourth in the in the whole country. And they have a, a completely veteran secondary. All four of their starters in the secondary are seniors or grad guys. The Texas is going to be really really good this year, and I, I look at their schedule. I think they're going to shock a lot of people. I think Bama is going to regress more than a lot of people think. And I think they beat Bama in week two. 
And I think, you know, they may struggle again. They, they're going to have a fluke game. Of A fluke game is on par for Texas every year. It doesn't matter who it's going to be against this year. They're going to have one. But the back end of their schedule, I think TCU, they lose their starting quarterback and best receiver and best running back from last year. They're going to take a little bit of a step down. Kansas State lost their best offensive weapon. And Deuce Vaughn did pretty much everything for Kansas State last year. So the last four games of the season for Texas aren't, I'm not going to say they're going to be a cakewalk, but they're going to be fairly easy when you look at how much talent Texas has this year. I uh, I agree. The first half of the year for Texas is going to be where the the uh, money is made. Uh, the bread the bread is risen. That is that a thing? I'd love to make that a thing. But going to Tuscaloosa, and then you have Kansas at the end of the month, and then right into the Red River rivalry with Oklahoma at the beginning of October. And those first six games, I think those three are the toughest. You go to Houston. Like you, like you mentioned with that that back end of the schedule, I don't think is that that all that tough. And the only spot that isn't a returning starter in some form is running back, obviously with Bijan, and then uh, was it Roshan Johnson was the backup as well. So you lose that there, but I mean it's Texas. There's a million five star running backs in the state. I'm sure whoever's going to be starting week one is more than capable. Probably a low key NFL draft prospect in a couple of years, if not this year. So, um, yeah, there's too much on this Texas offense. Like you mentioned with Ewers Diaz, he was one of the most efficient and one of the best quarterbacks in the country early on. Obviously, dealt with some injuries, especially that uh, controversial hit in an Alabama game. Uh, the defense uh, also 21.6 points allowed per game last year. They return only six of 11, but. You kind of got to believe in the unit, at least for now, uh, just to see how it goes. And like you said, dude, odds on favorite for a reason. I think I think they win this conference lickety split. I just want to point out that Quinn Ewers last year, 58% completion, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. Dylan Gabriel, 25 touchdowns, six picks, completed 63% of his passes. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like you guys are making it a lot more cut and dry when it comes to the quarterbacks. I think, I mean, I think it's close. I think it's close, but uh, when you looked at some of those early numbers, especially the metrics, Ewers was the best quarterback in the country. And I, I think that probably rings true here with Sark's offensive mind. Also, your guy Phil Steele had Dylan Gabriel t- uh, first team. <laughs> I didn't see that. Care to comment? No, because Quinn Ewers is nobody's team. guy. Phil Steele didn't come on the pod. We are not. I mean, look, Phil it's Steele fine. Pod. You guys want to come in here and take, you know, odds on favorites. That's fine. I'm trying to I'm trying to do something a little different here. So you want to talk I'm... about the odds? Because I'll talk about the odds then, because you know what? Let's talk about this. You want to get after it? Let's let's fuck. We'll get we'll get after it here. On my under the radar team, I put ten dollars on this team to win five hundred to win the conference. Less than an hour ago, I did this. Kansas, baby. No respect for Kansas. Oh, That's please. why I brought it up in the poll. Okay. Can we talk about this team for a little bit? It's a mix of everything with these guys. Last year, obviously, was a great start. Six and seven record to end the year is not what you want. All time uh bowl game ending there uh for them. So that stinks. But similar to Texas, we have plenty of offensive starters returning, including both. Jalen Daniels at quarterback and back of Jason Bean, who 
was just as fantastic uh, in a little bit less playing time. They returned seven to a defense that was pretty bad. But even if that defense, instead of giving up 35 points a game like they did last year, they move it to uh, you know a full touchdown less 28 to 30, this team is going to be putting up points. Your boy Lance Leipold, there, there, Luke Owens. Where did he? Where did he coach? Yeah, there you go, Buffalo, right there, Wisconsin Whitewater. That's also true. <laughs> That's also true, man. I he has his horns downing Buffalo. This is crazy. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, no, but it's the um, the non-con is not strong. A game against Illinois will be fun, um, but frankly, for Kansas, uh, they go to Texas and they have Oklahoma. But if they're able to do that, I mean, anything can happen here. I just want to point out that Kansas went one and seven down the stretch last year. I just, I, people forget injuries, injuries is what it was. I'm just saying people forget. You did mention though. I I just want to remind people that Liberty bowl last year against Arkansas was awesome. It was 55, 53 triple Mm -hmm. overtime, Kansas trailed 38 to 13 in the fourth. So I'll remind people of that. Look, I like Jalen Daniels. Devin Neal's awesome. I worry about their defense, especially against the run. So I don't know. They, they've got the experience coming back. I think Lance Leipold's a great coach. I, again, it's a long shot bet, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna take it as they're your winner. But I, I, I don't know. I the one and seven down the stretch really kind of scares me. So I'll I'll throw my uh, under the radar team for the Big Twelve in here. Um, it is a team I actually brought up when I was talking about Texas. I'm going with TCU. Because their win-loss total, I saw it at seven and a half. I think a lot of people are going to discount them. And I kind of did when I was talking about Texas. You know, you lose a starting quarterback and a lot of offensive weapons. But their defense returns a lot of starters. I think they return nine starters, um, especially with their man in the middle, Hodges. And I think a lot of people also forget how difficult it is to, you know, score against that three-three-five, and how difficult it is to figure it out. And they also still have Sonny Dykes, the guy that really took the program in a year and made them what they were. The players were there. The players, you know, they played very well, and he brought in transfers. But he he's the guy that got them to the national championship last year. And I look at the first half of their schedule. If you want to go off the win-loss total of 7.5, I think the first half of their schedule is pretty winnable and could get some people, uh, possibly myself, thinking – Oh my God, is TC the Cinderella again? Like I think they beat Colorado, Nichols, they beat Houston, SMU, West Virginia, and even Iowa State and BYU. I mean, they could they have potential to be I think a seven and team off rip, but then could struggle down the stretch versus Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. So I, I see them somewhere, I see them at like eight and four just getting over their win-loss total. But uh I do think a lot of people are gonna discount them and think that. You know, you lose your starting QB, your best receiver, and your best running back that, you know, pack it in for the, the following season. So they're they're my under-the-radar team this year. It's interesting, and I was thinking about this earlier. I'm saying this about TCU feels wrong. I'm more confident in their defense than I am their offense this year. Like, I actually think their defense is going to be a lot better this year. Johnny Hodges, stud, manning the middle. But also, I just think, given another year of experience, I think they're going to be better. But you know, the question is, do you think Chandler Morris can be a good quarterback? Or do you think, you know, Chance Nolan, who they got out of Oregon State, maybe he'll compete for the starting job? That'll be the biggest question, is is their offense. But I agree. I mean, their schedule is very favorable, especially early. But I will say, 
Watch out for SMU because they just discontinued the uh, the rivalry game TCU did. It's going to be ending, I believe, after next year. So that could be a little a feisty one, as it usually is. I, like I uh, yeah, I uh, I totally agree about the the defense. Obviously, Johnny, who we had on the podcast, he's he's my guy to hitch my wagon to for obvious reasons. But uh, Diaz, the schedule, like you mentioned, and. and it plays a big role in college football and where, where teams end up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, some teams, some teams get hot, some not um, for sure. Uh, and have seasons like TCU had last year. Um, we'll just see if they can do it again and see if Chandler Morris can be the guy because um, he seemed capable enough in that first game. Obviously it wasn't much of a test last year, um, but that being said, uh, you got another guy in a similar role to Max, uh, Max last year where, Chance Nolan has, I don't know, probably what, 20, 25 career starts under his belt yeah, over I think the last couple two years ago. I think he played almost the full season for, for Oregon State. Yeah, I think he I think it was two years ago he came in and then last year he, I know he got hurt at some point. So he's he's still got about 20 career starts in total. So that's experience coming off the bench if you really, really need it. We'll just yeah. see how those offensive skill players fill in for them. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. My under the radar team, I'm staying in the state of Texas. I like Texas Tech. I like them a lot. Uh, That's kind of but, a basic bitch pick, honestly. I mean, it yeah. is, but I look at their over under of seven and a half. I like their over. I, I don't hate sprinkling them a little bit to win the Big 12, especially last year when, you know, they, they, they've they battled quarterback injuries forever. Last time that they had a quarterback play the full season, shout out Phil Steele had the stat. It was Patrick Mahomes back in 2016. So it's been a long time really? since they've been healthy at the quarterback position. And Tyler's show looked good down the stretch for them last year that he won some big games. Taj Brooks. Back at running back, I really like the receiving core. You know, they obviously lose Tyree Wilson, their anchor of their defense, but they have a lot of other guys back on defense. They've got 17 returning starters, 15 super seniors on the roster. So that's a lot of, you know, a lot of depth, a lot of veteran leadership. They avoid Oklahoma in the Big 12. They do play week two against Oregon, which will be a really interesting early test. And I know it is like a basic answer because you got you mentioned they're the 26th team in the country right now, but I'm talking, you know, sometimes I go for the, the win total with these. Sometimes I say maybe sprinkle. I'd say sprinkle a little bit on Texas Tech to win the Big 12. I don't I don't really hate that. I mean, you can't really can't really blame for good research here. I'm just giving you a little little bit back after uh after some of the uh first couple this year for sure, but yeah, I mean you've seen flashes with with show Brooks was pretty good last year. Like you said, the receiving core is plenty talented. Um, it's just going to be dependent on this defense. You know, it only brings back six of 11 starters from last year. Um, a defense that was eh. Um, so we'll see what they can do there. But as TCU kind of proved last year, you can, you if as long as your defense gets timely stops and your offense keeps clicking, then why not? I mean, Texas Tech did beat Texas at home last year. Um, in overtime, what a bad, terrible bet that was, hypothetically, for your boy. Um, and, and so, I mean, eight and five is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I wonder what uh, what we'll see from McGuire here in, in season two. All right, let's dive into some teams that we think might be you know a little overrated, a team that we think uh, might underwhelm some people. Diaz, who do you have in the Big 12 that you think maybe won't perform up to expectations? I have your conference winner. That I have, makes two of us. That makes yeah, two of us. this is the we second are, time, by the way. Second time that this has happened. We're, well, you didn't have Marshall winning. Back, it's crazy. So yeah, Marshall. I'll I'll have to root against Marshall, and I have to root against. I'll have to root hard for Oklahoma. So I love that. Um, 
I just I don't I don't like Venables. I don't think he's a head, a good head football coach. He's one of the best modern era defensive coordinators we've ever seen, and proved that at Clemson. To you know, turned around great linebacking cores, put out great defensive lines, and, and really dominant defenses. But he, I don't think, is a good head coach, and that is going to be the biggest hindrance. They, I mean, they brought in good transfers. Uh, most notable, probably Rondell Bothroyd from uh, Wake Forest, who was a really good D lineman for them. Also a Connecticut guy. Shout out Connecticut. Um, I and I also think their secondary is super young. I think they've got a freshman starting, and it looked like a sophomore and two juniors. Like they don't have a ton of experience on the back end in a conference that likes to throw the ball a lot. So I, I have their win loss total here at nine and a half. I don't know if you guys have it at anything else but I don't think they're going to hit that win total this year. Uh, maybe yeah. get to eight and four, maybe get to nine and three, but I don't think they hit nine, nine and a half wins this year. Um, and they're my underperform. I think they're going to be okay. Like they're going to make a bowl game. They're going to be a fine team in the conference, but they, I don't see them winning the conference and I don't see them hitting that nine and a half uh, win mark. Yeah. I mean, luckily for them, they have um, Tulsa and Arkansas state in the non-con Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa State in conference and West Virginia as well. Um, so those are going to be pretty automatic wins. But this is a team that went six and seven last year, only returned a handful of starters, like you mentioned. Did bring in some transfers, uh, Diaz, but um, bringing back only thirteen of twenty-two, not great. Gabriel is definitely the um, Best. the uh, straw that stirs the drink for that offense. And first team all conference preseason quarterback. Uh shout out you, Luke, for having that over me. You'll definitely hold that over me this first at least first couple weeks of the year. But um yeah, I just think I don't think there's enough on defense, like you mentioned. I mean, 30 points a game, 461 yards to, on a defense that only returns six guys is is gonna be pretty interesting in a in like you said already, Luke one of the deepest conferences um, in football, truthfully. Um, I do, I will say, to give some flowers, Gabriel is good, and Jalil Farouk, I mean, he is going to be one of the top receivers uh, come come April for sure. Great name. That's guys, not so. a hot take at all, I don't think. No, but, uh, yeah, I look, I'm high in Oklahoma. You guys aren't. We just have to see how it plays out. But uh, my team, I think, is going to underperform is Kansas State. The chance from last year, we haven't talked really? about it a lot. So I'm 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 torn on this. Um, when I look at them, but their over under is at eight. You know they lose Deuce Vaughn. I know Will Howard looked really good after Adrian Martinez got hurt last year. I like uh, Benson, not their tight end, but they did lose some some guys in the receiving core. Uh, they lost a lot of star power in general. But I mean, Chris Kleiman's so good. That's my that's my concern. It just feels like every year they're the team that's supposed to be overrated. And they end up winning the conference, but they've got a tough in conference schedule. Uh, you know, early on, they're not going to lose, but, you know, Troy could be an interesting test for them, Missouri as well. Um, so I, I don't know. I just I don't love them. But again, this could be a team that turns around and win the Big 12. But I, I'm I'm going to say they're going to have a little bit of a down year here. I think I, I don't think you're necessarily far off. I'm personally a little bit higher, which is going to sound pretty hypocritical based off of what I was just saying about Oklahoma, truthfully. Only the Wildcats bringing back five defensive starters from last year. But like you mentioned, it, it has a lot to do uh, with the conference schedule. You play UCF. They have plenty of athletes. You go to Stillwater, to Texas Tech, Luca, you love. Um, you play TCU. You have Houston. You go to Texas. 
Baylor, who is not going to be nice to you, that's for sure. You go to Kansas, and then you have a, a likely auto W with Iowa State at the end of the year. So that's a lot, a lot to get through. Uh, we'll see if if Kleeman can continue a, a healthy defensive brand and if Howard can be a real leader in the conference. Yeah, I almost feel dumb saying it because it feels like people forget they even won the Big 12 last year, obviously, because, you know, TCU gets the playoff and beats Michigan. So I'm like, I, it's, I hate doubting them because they're not, it's not like they're high on people's radar, but I look at that eight. I just, I don't know. I think they're probably a seven and five team uh, when, when I look at them overall, but uh, time for everyone's favorite thing. And I'm going to go first for this one because I want to take oh, my guy before Diaz it. gets him. God damn it. Yeah, actually, you know, I'll let Diaz go first with the player that he's going to hitch his wagon to. And I'm going to be mad if he steals my guy. What side of the ball is your player on? I kind of want to guess this. Defense. He is, he's on defense. Is his team a new addition to the conference? Yes, they are. Is okay. he named after Marlon Brando in The Godfather? Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> I So we're both rocking with Dante Corleone. A unreal name, you know, Don Corleone. Trust me at the top, it isn't lonely. Listen, Meek Mill going bad, said it right. Dante Corleone is a bad man. He has bad intentions every time he steps on the field. He's an absolute dog, maybe the best player in the whole conference, um, you know, since they, since Cincinnati joined. I I, I love this player. Uh, I watched some of his game film just, like, for fun, the, the Don Corleone highlights, and he's just so fun to watch, which is rare as a defensive, like, watching D-tackle film. Um, so, yeah, Corleone is my player, and – I'm, I've begun to build a defense of all my players that I've picked. You've uh, only picked D linemen and one safety. No, uh, 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 I'm foreshadowing. So my <laughs> D line's done. My D line is done. I have off the edge. I've got Chop Robinson and Jared Verse. In the middle at my one tech, I'm going with Damon Williams. And at my three, I got Dante Corleone. And in my back end right now, I got Mike Abraham. But we're gonna we're gonna add to the to the back end of the defense today. Um, but yeah, Corleone is just a dog, just an absolute I, dog. I'll uh, piggyback off you. I was gonna yeah, I was gonna say maybe I'll pick someone else, but no, I think we we go double Dante Corleone. We'll we'll come in. Uh, he was Pro Football Focus's top defensive rated player last season as a freshman. He's also third team All American. Forty five tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. And, of course, being nicknamed the Godfather is just incredible. So, Dante Corleone, Cincy, I don't know how they're going to be this year. Um, you know, Scott Satterfield's first year. Fun fact, Emory Jones is now the quarterback. Um, but I, I'm definitely oh, going to hitch my do, wagon to the Godfather. Are we going to go through where we say something about each team now? Well, I was just giving – I was going to give you the floor to to hype up our boy Johnny Hodges first. Hey, but, hang on. But. One, one more thing with Corleone. He's 6'2", 318. His body type is unreal. Like he, little bit of a, a a belly, but he's like he's literally like a Dorito shaped, where he's huge up top and comes down with like a pretty thin waist for a guy that's three eighteen. Like this guy My is boy's a triangle. He's a whole he, ass triangle. He's a dream body type for like literally any team. The um, oh, I I love well, him. Like I think I love sign because he's a whole ass triangle, bro. Oh my god. I'm dying over here. Pop, do you want to hype up Johnny Hodges? 
Yeah, baby. I I, I can't get over the, the <laughs> I can't get over the Dorito comment, but hey, shout out Johnny Hodges. Obviously, my boy in the middle came on the podcast, spent his beautiful evening in front of the train with us. 87 tackles last year, two sacks, seven and a half for loss, a pass breakup last year. He's going to be one of the best linebackers in the conference alongside uh, Jamoy Hodge as well. So, or Jamoy Hodges as well. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to watch our boy play. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, me too. So, you know, that wraps up our categories, but we do want to touch on some other things. Uh, like I said, Scott Satterfield now at Cincy, Emory Jones is their quarterback. So, I, I don't know how I feel about. I don't since he's probably going to be in the bottom three of the conference, but this conference is deep enough where like we could see, you know, 85% of the teams go to bowl games, you know, given non-conference. And I just feel like all the, a lot of these teams are going to finish six and six, seven and five, just beating up each other. So shout out Cincy and maybe Emory Jones will find something. <laughs> that's why, I mean, that's kind of why I like Kansas at plus 5,000, the returning, um stuff to win the conference and i mean besides texas if you're not high on oklahoma and you're not you know you don't love the kansas state schedule two losses could definitely get you in the top two uh at the end of the year i mean wasn't it the same last year where like i think both top teams that might be wrong but um where both the top teams had pretty um conference records because I had I think I had Baylor to win the conference last year yeah it was so Kansas State was seven and two and then Texas was six and three and then after that you have Texas Tech five and four then you got three four and five teams so yeah it yeah. was like after I would TCU bet it, it was pretty similar. ugly so I, I'm excited about Keaton Slovis at BYU like first off sicko move the transfer to a Mormon school where you have to adhere to those crazy little uh, uh, rules that they've got. And, but also, Keaton Slovis is just a fun guy, to, like a fun journey to have followed with his transfer history. So I, I'm just jacked up to see him play this year. It's definitely funny when you remember he played for USC, a team that plays in L.A., and then going you know, to Pitt and then now to uh, – now to a, a Mormon school. Very, yeah. very interesting path, like you said, Diaz. I like Aiden Robbins, too, the running back transfer from UNLV. They've got, you know, 15 starters back. You mentioned Keaton Slovis. I, again, they're a team that probably not going to contend for the Big 12 championship, but could go to a bowl game, just, you know, given how the conference is going to play out. Um, West Virginia, I do want to say, like, Neil Brown ha- might be on one of the hotter seats in college football just because – Every year, I I don't know why, but I have this weird crossover in my Twitter thread where I I follow a lot of West Virginia people. I don't know why, and everyone hates Neil Brown. And it's like every single year they go like seven and five, six and six, or five and seven, and they're like, "When's Neil Brown gonna go?" And he's still there. So I feel like this is a, a big year for Neil Brown. I, I think if West Virginia starts like zero and four, Neil Brown is just gassed right away. Like he. I, I, I can see myself writing the blog in, you know, about a month. Here are 11 replacements for the West Virginia head coaching job with Neil Brown getting fired. Like, that is the first one. I, I might as well just start writing it now. Uh, so oh, we, we could definitely uh, outline the body for sure. Yeah, I uh, that, that seat is very warm. I, I'm interested to see how Houston does this year. No more Clayton Tune and Tank Dell who have – 
one of the more acrobatic catches you'll see in a preseason game, even though he probably should have just caught it in the first place and not allowed the, the ball to be tipped up in the air. But what do I know? Um, and so, like you said, uh, it'll be interesting to see um, see Iowa State's year, obviously. A uh, little bit of a controversy going. going on there right now. Yeah, just a little bit. It's obviously a gamble on whether or not you think they're going to uh, be a good team or not. But, uh, yeah, I mean – this t- this conference is about as stacked as it gets, uh, and I think we've officially mentioned everybody. Actually, there are two teams we have not mentioned. Well, you said Baylor would be a tough out, which I believe is true. I think they'll be, you know, Shapin's back. They'll be they'll be solid. I think. Oh, dude, I can I be a Baylor truther for a minute here? Yeah how how much of a Baylor truther? Because some weird stuff happens in Waco, Texas. <laughs> I mean, Shapin, Joanna Gaines. Chipping Joanna Gaines, Art Bryles, uh, the cult place. Like, there's a lot. Some weird stuff happens in Waco. I did. If I need a timeout from the podcast, quick. We uh, this is this, you can stay recording. We can keep this in. But I just watched the Netflix Waco doc. That's pretty wild stuff, my brother. Yeah, no, it was it was crazy. Uh, but I yeah, I, I love the, one of the pictures we'll use for the uh, Twitter. Uh, yes. SU or uh, or you could use Chip yeah. and Joanna Gaines because I kind of lumped them in there. I, I look, I, my mom watches them religiously, so I feel like they're kind of in that same cult mentality. <laughs> um, I like uh, to get it back to football. I like Shapin. Um, personally, two years ago he looked good. Last year was pretty ugly. Um, I love uh, where where is he on here? Is Monterey Baldwin still on the squad? No, no, yeah, there he is. Monterey Baldwin, he's awesome. I love him last year. I think he was their leading receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they bring in Dominic Richardson, the Oklahoma State running back transfer. Richard Reese, by the way, too. He had a thousand yards last year and 14 touchdowns, almost five yards a pop uh last year. And, and he's one of the more fun uh running backs to watch take the ball. So I, I hope uh he gets more more wear, uh, truthfully. But I that tandem is gonna be one of the one of the better ones in the conference, if not the best. And then actually the last last team we have not mentioned is Oklahoma State. We have not mentioned Oklahoma State. I thought about making them my surprise team because they do play the easiest schedule in the Big 12, but, you know, they lose so much. You know, Sanders transfers. I believe they lost their starting running back. You just mentioned their starting running back transfer to Baylor, right? Yeah, so- they, they lost uh, John Paul Richardson, I believe, transferred out, and I think there's one other – yeah, Brennan Presley, I think, uh, transferred out as well. Shout out Oklahoma State, though. I mentioned them. So I get, the, the, the Pokes fans oh, can't man, get mad at me. 40. Yeah, shout out Mike Gundy. I mean, Mike Gundy, man, like he is like he just is college football. Like I, I, I love me some Mike Gundy. Dude, I'm starting to feel old because every year that it's the anniversary of the clip, it feels like it's another one. It's like almost 20 years now, dude. And I, I remember sitting there watching sports center the morning i think it was after with with the press conference dude i remember it happening and now it's just like hey no you're you're old now this was a long time ago stop reminiscing what's tough is like i pulled that out uh during camp so far as like a joke i like did the i'm a man i'm 40 and like a bunch of the freshmen like didn't understand i'm like oh no fuck fuck you're not old they just don't know ball yeah like that was (laughs) That was tough though, but when like a bunch of 2027 college grads are like, I don't know what you're saying, that that's a really difficult one. 
Are we, get, uh, are we gonna get a mass maritime preview at all? By the way, maybe maybe week zero we do that. We could do that. <laughs> That'll be a very niche uh, audience. I like it. Um, but let's let's move to the American Conference, boys, because this is a really fun, really deep conference. You've got Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA all joining. Of course, Cincy, UCF, and Houston all head to the Big Twelve. Also, a fun fact about the Americans, seven of the 14 head coaches will be their first year with the program. So that's that's pretty cool. Of course, last year, Tulane wins the conference, wins an awesome Cotton Bowl against USC. They get Michael Pratt back. So it's going to be a really fun conference. They get Pratt back, but not a lot else. Um, I'll say it right away. Tulane, I think people are are expecting to win this. I don't know about expecting. I don't know what the what the odds look like. I actually think uh, there's a couple teams ahead of our boys at UTSA who are actually going to win the conference uh, for a third time in a row. I actually saw the stat right before we hopped on. Jeff Trailer is, tw- I think it was what twenty and tw- twenty and two, I think, or something like that in conference games to this point. Um, it was something just gnarly like that. I don't think that math adds up, but um, just dominating. Uh, so far in conference play, um, I should probably look that set up to be a little bit more official, but obviously Frank Harris back jet Cephas, they lose Zikari Franklin, but Decorian Clark. I mean, he's on everybody's, I think he's on the Bolitnikoff watch award. I've seen him everywhere on social media. Um, maybe it's just because I've now only followed Jeff trailer and, and Joshua Cephas on Twitter, but no, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> so I think this team repeats again for a third time. Now they're going to win their conference. Um, yeah, baby go, go Roadrunners. You've been brainwashed. That that's the issue here <laughs> is you've become indoctrinated, um, by, by the, the Roadrunner cult. Um, I'm picking Tulane to win the conference again. That's um, bad. That's ugly for you. I hate that for you. So I'm picking because they they've got Pratt back, got a good transfer running back with she. I believe it's Shedro or Shedro Lewis. Pretty cool name. They got him from Liberty. He was pretty good last year. 122 carries, almost 550 yards, eight touchdowns. Good player. He's stepping in as their starting running back. So. He's also he's a fun guy because he's one of those small running backs. He's 5'8", 170. So I'm pretty jacked up about seeing him, you know, out of the backfield uh, with Pratt. Um, but I also, I as an O lineman, I love the offensive line they've got. I think they might have the second or third best player in the whole conference on their O line with Sincere Hainsworth at center. Another good name, Sincere Hainsworth. Um, and, and again, it, it, this kind of goes to my uh, thought process of Tualia Tagovailoa last week not leaving Maryland. Willie Fritz had the opportunity to go to Georgia Tech, and it seemed like for a day that Fritz to Tech was pretty official. And then he was like, "No, I'm coming back to I'm coming back to Nola. We're gonna run this thing back." So that that is also my thought process. Is Willie Fritz bailing on the Georgia Tech job and coming back to Tulane? Um, you know, you, you said they didn't bring a lot of guys back, but they do have a pretty experienced defense. Yeah. Um, a lot of seniors, a lot of juniors on that defense. So I, I think they're going to run it back and win the conference again. It's going to be all up to that defense, like you said. Offensively, I mean, Lewis was a great, good running back for Liberty. Obviously, people may remember when 
Luke and I took liberty to beat Arkansas Moneyline last year. He was a big part of that um, in that ball game. So, and whose pick was that? Because you made it sound like it was a group effort. I, 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 I was also included. I think I said, "Hey, I was also looking at that," and we just uh, okay. We, I just wanted to be known that I said it. And it was you said it first. Yes, if you okay. want credit for saying it first, you said it first. Okay, thank um, you. but yeah, I just think I don't. Pratt doesn't really have uh the weapons on the outside to throw to, um in my opinion anymore. Um, and I just think at the end of the year, they're going to be going and probably walking through most of the schedule. I mean, South, South Alabama to start and Ole Miss not going to necessarily be easy. Um, Upset but, watch week one. Shout out the Jags. <laughs> um, should be, uh, should be a couple interesting games there. I mean, I love Ole Miss this year, but we can get to that at another time. Uh, but then they finish the year at Florida Atlantic, a team that brings back a lot of experience. And then they get UTSA at home. So I think we'll be going down to that final game to kind of decide. I mean, obviously they might have to play the week after, but I'm I'm seeing on ESPN if we want to do another trip, Tulane UTSA tickets as low as four dollars. Not a bad <laughs> deal. Not a bad deal there. No, I do fucking love the Alamo Dome too. Oh, is it? It's at, at, no, it's at Tulane. At Tulane. Oh, it's at Tulane. Oh, yeah, it's at Tulane. In Nola, the boys. In Nola. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm the deciding vote here, huh? Uh, I'm taking UTSA. Let's I'm go! taking UTSA. Luke and Hop season for the Roadrunners. Let's go. It's back on. As always, shout out Taco Joe. Shout out Taco Joe. But Gross. I mean, you, you said it all, Hop. But I also want to mention, like, UTSA's defense is very good. Especially their D line, they've got eight starters back in total. Love their defensive line. DeCorey and Clark missed the last five games. They still won the conference. He's back. You mentioned Cephas is back. They lose Franklin, but like, I don't know. Anytime you got Frank Harris, Cephas, DeCorey and Clark, it's going to be a special year. So all UTSA does is win conference titles. So give me the Roadrunners to enter the American and leave with their first conference title. There. I love that, Lukey boy. I love that for us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Especially no. after these first these first couple episodes, but yeah, the starting D just has so much, um, so much talent and so much uh, experience at this point. I think uh, San Antonio is going to be rocking. I mean, they have a pretty soft conference schedule for the most part. I mean, I don't. I like I said, dude, they play Tennessee the fourth game of the year. I think they might win that ball game, dude. I just yeah. I think I, I think this team Diaz, is really wait, wait, good. Wait, 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 I need Diaz's take on this. Where do you stand on Joe Milton? I that like is... Joe Milton personally. He's got a. Ah, you see that okay. cannon? You see that thing on his arm? Okay. I thought we were going to okay. be an anti Joe so... Milton pod. I would have been really fine with it because I'm not a Joe Milton guy. Yeah, that makes two of us. Okay, sorry for the sidebar, but yeah, no, I obviously I love UTSA. Maybe a little bit of bias getting in the way. I I agree with you, Lukey. I think I think they're taking the conference this year. Now, here's a team I think is going to actually surprise some people, and it's it's a random team, but I love their over here, and that's Navy. I love <laughs> Navy. Let's go. Let's go. Are we both on Navy? We're both on Navy. I put I put 10 bucks to win 250 Navy to win the conference this year, my boy. Oh, my God. Take it away. They're over five and a half. That's pro- I think that's – Put the money in the bank already. That's that's easy. And I don't hate them to win the conference either. They've got a much easier schedule this year than last year. They don't play UTSA. They don't play Tulane. They don't play Florida Atlantic. 
they've their their new offense from reading about it it's rooted in the triple option but pushes the ball outside more that, that's what i'm hearing with their new head coach brian newberry so i like navy a lot last year they had a lot of bad luck they had a lot of close losses i think this year they flipped the script and uh turned those into wins also daba fofana the running back is an all-time name what's his name <laughs> daba fofana that's awesome the, it is kind of ironic after after uh Having Johnny Hodges on the podcast, we both love this team. But nine returning starters on defense, they return eight. Um, they return eight uh, on offense, and that's huge for the continuity of learning a new offense. So if if they can genuinely pick up the the um, you know what they're trying to do, and they can execute, I absolutely believe in this team as well. Uh, not to pull out another old meme, but uh shout out uh oh man, I forget his name, but the hitch hitchhiker smash, smash, smash that win totals over, baby. Um obviously Notre Dame right away, but Wagner at Memphis, UC or USF, I should say, Charlotte Air Force at Temple, East Carolina. I mean, there's just so many dubs yeah. on this board, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Diaz, do you respect the Navy too? I mean, yeah, I, I don't. They're not my pick, but like, I, I don't hate that. Like, I okay. Just I make like sure it. you respect the troops. I'm a Navy guy. You're a water aquatic team. guy. This same I, team also almost beat Notre Dame last year at the end of the year. Almost, so almost doesn't matter. Um, I'm actually going with uh, Temple as my under the radar Ooh. team. Okay. Five and a half win total. Big Warner guy. I'm a big Warner guy, honestly. That was a big sway in my pick. Threw for over 3,000 yards last year, 18 touchdowns, 12 picks. Not a fan of the 12 picks. Um, but I'm, I'm a fan of EJ Warner as their starter, you know, coming back with past experience. Um, I also don't hate their schedule. There's no games other than UTSA that really stick out as like these, you know, impossible to win type of games. They, they open the season with Akron, which I think they win. Um, Rutgers is like the, you know, the team. Rutgers is paying them to play, and I think they could beat Rutgers because it's Rutgers. Oh, hey, that's a great call by you. If We we should probably pick a couple of those this year as a podcast to throw some bucks on, those those ones where they pay a team to come play. Buy games, you know? baby. Yeah, the buy games. They also, I think, an interesting game where we could – see the further collapse of the Cristobal, uh, you know, Cristobal <laughs> cult is Miami goes to Philly. Now, those kids hanging out in South Beach are not going to be ready for the uh, the Philly scum that, that's going to be probably not at the game, but it's going to be around the, uh, the uh, stadium. I, I like the five and a half, uh, five and a half game win total. I think that's a very enticing uh, bet. They o- also only have, one sophomore on their defense that's starting. The rest are juniors, seniors, guys with experience, vet players, along with a vet O line where I think they only have one junior starting. The rest are seniors. So a lot of experience. I'm not saying Temple is going to, you know, be this uh, Cinderella conference story, but they are going to win, I think, six games, make a bowl game, um, make the, oh, okay. the few Temple fans uh, that are, are alive and, you know, Follow them very happy this year. 
I like that. And also last year at Rutgers, they lost 14 or actually they they hosted Rutgers last year is they lost 14 to 16. So that, that must've been a real, uh, I don't have any recollection of that game, but that was the final score. Nope. Um, but my team that I think is going to be, you know, underwhelming, overrated, whatever you want to call it is Florida Atlantic. Damn, we're, we're back, Luke. They're with total of seven and a half. And I'm looking, they're non-conference. They play Ohio, Clemson, Illinois. That could be three losses right there. Like we could be talking about their over basically being dead at that point. I know that, you know, Tom Herman's there now, which I, I don't know what that means at this point. I, I think it's good. I think it's good when like, you Tom know, Herman stinks. Yeah, that, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and, you know, Casey Thompson's at quarterback now. Fun fact, which I like, but the injury history concerns me a little bit there. You know, they've got LeJonte Weber, who's a stud at receiver. I like Larry McCammon. They're, they're running back as well. He's awesome. But, Wish he would have answered my DM. Oh, fun fact. I didn't know he DM'd you, but, uh, or you DM'd him. Yeah. Uh, they do have a pretty easy conference schedule, but they do play Tulane and UTSA. So, like, five games right there that they could lose. That already puts them under, and they're going to lose a couple extra games too. So I, I don't see Florida Atlantic going anywhere near the over of seven and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off you with that. I don't like Casey Thompson. Um, just something about him. It's a gut feeling. Certain guys you just don't like. I don't like Casey Thompson. Tom Herman didn't know he was there, to be completely honest. I think Tom Herman kind of stinks. But, yeah, I mean, you, you said it. They, they're going to beat Monmouth probably. But Ohio, I think they lose. Clemson loss. Illinois loss. UTSA, Tulane loss. And then they're going to lose, I think, another one of those conference games, whether it be Charlotte, uh, the Trent Dilfer-led Blazers uh, of UAB. I think they go 6-6, six and six, make a bowl game. But I think they're going to be uh, uh, the disappointing team um, of the conference. I... Uh... I'm I'm sorry, Luke. I, I I after all of the hype, I uh oh wait no, I sorry Diaz. I should say after so much of our continuity, uh from from the first couple episodes, uh previews and whatnot, I, I my underperformer is Tulane. I just don't think Pratt's gonna have enough. I think the sequel is usually uh not as good as the original. I think that's something that you can you can appreciate for the most part there, Diaz, as a movie guy. Um, I just don't think there's Dark enough. Knight. Off, what's that? Dark Knight, The Godfather Part Two. <laughs> Shout out to there Godfather. Go. There, there, there's a lot of sequels out there. So, uh, Toy Story Two, another good one. But no, I just I don't think uh, for reasons I laid out before. Why I think TSA ends up winning the conference uh, against Tulane. Like, I just don't think I, I don't think 12 and two is in their future. I really love the jerseys, though. I really do. It's hard. It's hard not to love the color scheme in the green wave, but I, I don't think it's there for him this year. I think I think something uh, under 10 wins, whether it be eight or nine is what much more likely. I thought Diaz would have a retort, but I guess he doesn't. I don't. I don't. I gave you two very good sequels. It's going to be better. Like, The Dark Knight is number three on the IMDb top 100 movie list. That is going to be Tulane this year. All right. Do I predict they're going to win the Natty? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Eventually. Uh, So, my player to hitch my wagon to, I'm I'm going first. I'm not letting Diaz take my guy here. You are going to be so mad you don't have him on, on your team, Diaz. And that is UAB defensive tackle Fish yep. McWilliams, baby. Fish McWilliams, lock him in. 
32 tackles last year, five and a half for loss, two sacks, a forced fumble, six foot, 315 pounds. Now, the reason why he is called Fish McWilliams is because he used to eat fish sandwiches before practice. They used to call him Fish Sandwich. Eventually, they shortened that to Fish. And he just signed an NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings in Birmingham, Alabama, baby. So, shout out Fish McWilliams. How, how did he not sign a McDonald's NIL with, like, to do the filet of fish? Like, that is yeah, it's kind of so a easy picking right there. Like, that is insane. Are you jealous though that that I took Fish McWilliams? Yes and no, because while I was doing these players, I was looking at my created defense and I was like, look, I'm good on the D line. Obviously <laughs> disappointing. I don't get Fish McWilliams. But I'm adding, I'm taking my first linebacker for my defense. I am going with Leighton Jordan from Temple. Absolute dog. He's gonna play a little outside backer for me. Last year he had uh nine sacks three forced fumbles, two picks, and 53 tackles. He is the the lifeblood of the Temple defense this season. Um, I'm super excited to watch him play this year. Uh, I, and, you know, it's his senior season. You know, could be a guy really plays well enough to get drafted in, like, the second or third round, 6'2", 220. I'm a big Leighton Jordan guy. He adds to my defense. We're really going to be getting after the, pa- the the quarterback this year. My defense is going to get after the passer. I love it, Diaz. Obviously, I don't think there needs to be too much time spent on mine, as much as I'd love to take the whole episode up. Jet Cephas, shout out my boy, Joshua Cephas, wide receiver, UTSA, came on the podcast. I got the merch. I'm repping my boy. That's for sure. Shout out to Triangle. Let's see it, Hop. Let's see the shirt again. Let's see the shirt again. All right. There we go. Jet Cephas, my boy. It's a, it is a sick one. I I couldn't decide if I wanted to go with the white or like they had like a gray, like a heather gray, and I was like, ah, no, it's got to be the white. So, um, no, obviously my boy, Nozakari Franklin, my boy's at the number one. He's he's the guy they're gonna be locking onto, and guess what? Ain't nobody gonna stop my boy. And you know that that wraps the you know that portion of it. But time for the random facts about teams we haven't talked about. Uh, JT Daniels is now the quarterback at Rice, and his number that's one tough. target is Christian McCaffrey's brother, Luke McCaffrey. So thank you. That's happening at Rice. <laughs> hey, that's that's going on, right? That's a situation. Yeah, and um, they last year they made the bowl game because they're smart. They 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 won five games. They get in with academics, but I will say Diaz one tough game on their schedule. They do play UConn this year. They're, UConn's gonna absolutely put them in the dirt. Gonna just pump them. But I love. Yeah, I, I just love talking about JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis because like their paths are like all over the map, and they played in the backyard brawl last year. It's like all coming full circle. I was I was just gonna say that that it's fun that we had two of like the 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 transfer uh, gods. Uh, come up on the podcast today. Um, I, I do think like down the line when like the transfer portal gets huge, they'll like teach a class somewhere about like transfer 101, probably at like an SEC school. One of them will have to be the TA. Um, you know, it'll it'll be something like that. Having those two pretty much t- talk about navigating the portal and just getting out of a situation where you're not starting anymore. Some other fun facts for you guys. Uh, of course, SMU, Loses Mordecai to Wisconsin, shout out. But Preston Stone, four-star guy, people think highly of him. So, you know, maybe he steps in and makes that offense fun again. Uh, 
North Texas. They are the favorite to win the conference because they don't have Tulane or UTSA, by the way. Like betting favorite, I should say. SMU? Yeah. I thought they were second behind Tulane. I have Tulane, awesome. I have Tulane at plus 210 and SMU at plus 340. Those are those are probably a little bit more reputable than the one I was using. So I was on FanDuel. Um, and then yeah, you've got UTSA certainly. third, then Florida Atlantic, my overrated team fourth, and then Memphis fifth, who, by the way, had been in three of the last six American Conference title games. They get Seth Hennigan back, which is a nice shout out, Seth, my boy. So I mean he had a great year last year, 20 touchdowns, six picks, over three thousand yards. So Memphis is another team that maybe could could make a little noise. I do love Seth. I think uh yeah, I this this is another conference that's super deep at quarterback. Just a lot of really talented guys. Like if Stone lives up to the hype between uh, Harris, what Pratt did last year, the way Hennigan throws the ball, obviously Casey Thompson, a former Power 5 guy, EJ Warner is somebody on people's radars. This this conference also, uh, for the G5 especially, but just generally pretty deep at quarterback. Yeah, another guy to keep an eye on for me is uh, Mason Garcia. He's a new quarterback at ECU. You know, Ehlers finally leaves. They lost a lot of weapons, but I will say Mason Garcia, he gives me like Josh Allen vibes. I was looking at him. He's a big dude. He can run a little bit, but he's got some accuracy issues. So I'm just I'm just giving Mason Garcia like, a, you know, maybe put him on your radar kind of guy. I like that. That's that's it's like the nicest compliment, but also a little backhanded. <laughs> also, how did South Florida get Alabama to come to them? That, that's another question that I had. Um, so that, we can is that a, is that not a neutral site game? I thought that was a neutral site game. Oh, is it okay? I know I might be wrong here. Now I got to flip through the camera. Is that upset alert territory? <laughs> oh, god, no. I mean, it's listed. Let's see right here. No, yeah, that's a home game. Yeah, they're Bama's going, yeah, to Raymond Tampa. James, baby. That's pretty sick. So that, and here we shout go. out to them. Uh, I was kind of surprised that uh, North Texas fired Seth Luttrell. I thought he was doing a pretty good job over there. You know, they lost Austin on uh, his story was obviously pretty cool, but Chandler Rogers, new quarterback from ULM. He can play. They're going to the air raid offense. So keep an eye out for that. Um, who haven't we talked about? Speaking of people who we've kind of talked about, but first year coaches, Trent Dilfer, obviously at UAB, he inherits a pretty decent, I mean, Look, there's pieces there for, for him to work with. Only three offensive starters and four defensive starters, but those names are pretty pretty important. I mean, Jermaine Brown's one of the best uh, running backs in the country. That's just what it is. Uh, hate it or love it, whatever. Fish McWilliams is really good, and Mac McWilliams also in the secondary. I mean, so what they have returning uh, for production is really good. Um, I mean, the, these are the, all the guys I just listed are, are going to probably be first team all conference for sure. So doesn't he also inherit a roster that just like wanted nothing to do with him um, last year? No. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. No, I think they hated. It was right? more they wanted. They wanted the interim guy to stick around. Yeah. They wanted the interim guy to stay. Cause then he coached the bowl game and I told Luke to bet on him and they got, I think they they lost to Avion in Miami, yeah. and then so, uh, Trent. No, they beat like, him. They beat him, and they didn't beat him as. Bad. What did he do with the cheerleader? Did he do something weird? He like gave her his ring or something. Oh yeah, it was like a something weird, weird picture. I think. Well, he had that. He's an odd guy because he also had that thing where he like was throwing a high school football player around on the sideline, which was not That's a good right. Ball. I forgot it, that happened. The best were the comments. Like you, you would look. It's like an old guy on Twitter. It's like. 
this is bullshit. Why is he getting any backlash about this? He, this is how coaching should be done. He's literally like grabs the kid and like whips him down onto the bench. Oh, it really is incredible. Last team we have not mentioned Tulsa. They're going to be really, really bad. They have like no one returning. They're going to be the worst team in the conference, but you know, we got to make sure we check every box. Did Davis Brin, uh, transfer or did he, uh, it, yeah, he's he he's at uh, Georgia Southern. Actually, he took over for uh, Kyle Van Treese. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, then I don't really care about Tulsa anymore. That's actually a good guy to keep an eye on. Golden Hurricanes, I think, is an underrated, great uh, nickname. In it college. is. It's it's low key up there with Green Wave. You're absolutely yeah. right. You add a color to like an obscure thing, and it just becomes that much better. So now that don't you guys make, mentioned don't this, make the obvious joke, Luke. I know what you. No, 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 no. Actually, so I'm thinking, this is something that maybe needs to be cut because I can't remember it. But something weird happened in a game between Tulsa and Tulane, but I can't remember. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, cut it, cut it. Too controversial. The no, because takes. I don't want to sound like an idiot. Yeah, uh, Tulsa won on a pick. Oh, hail mary, pick six, two overtime. Does that ring a bell to you guys? Nope. <laughs> Two Tulsa sent it to overtime on a Hail Mary and then one on a pick six. So I, I don't know. I just I, I'm pulling up the yeah, there's a tweet now. It was a, a sick Hail Mary. I don't know why I remember that, but it just like hit me. I was like, remember when that happened? It was a 2020. I don't know why I remember that, but that happened. Thank thank you. Respect respect you for, for remembering that. Uh did we mention Charlotte at had all? Money on it. Oh, we didn't mention we really didn't mention Charlotte. Okay, good, because Biff Poggy the new head coach, first of all, insane name. Second of Biff, all, what an a-hole. This guy was going after App State. Like, this motherfucker's at Charlotte. Yeah, that was you, funny. On yeah, Twitter, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was a whole Twitter beef because an assistant coach was talking mad shit, and then Biff got in on it at the media day and whatnot. And it's like, dude, what are you – This App State's the, the most historic of the group of five. I thought – I thought he was mad because the media like didn't ask him any questions. Nobody got into it with an. Well, that's that, I think that was separate because that. Also oh, okay, happened. that was a separate incident. Okay, because that's also, what I remember him from. Yeah, but and I am a fan of him because of that. But I didn't know about the App State thing. No, yeah, and then and then like an assistant coach talks shit about App State. He's like, "You're an App State fan or something." To some reply or an App State uh, assistant coach, maybe. Uh, so we got beef. Is all I'm saying. I no, just like I, how he looked. He like he looked at the podium, and he, I think he was smoking a cigar outside after. Yes. So I, I, I kind of like him. That's, That's fine. Awesome. I'd love to play for the guy. That's like pretty much answering every tweet about like and anything with like his name or his program's name. That's gonna be awesome when they lose a close game or something, and he's on Twitter fighting with fans. That because that's going to inevitably happen this season. Like if a guy's that fired up about like a GA from App State talking shit, it will 100% happen at some point this year. I should probably find it to be correct, but I don't really care. That guy sucks. What an a-hole. Hey, that's a great way to end the show today, boys. The Big 12 American Preview, where luckily we remember that about Charlotte, or else we would have not said it. And also, I'm going to send the sick highlight of Tulsa and Tulane after this, because random memory hole. Love those random games that you're like, remember that thing that happened? Um, I think it was like a Thursday night game, too, which makes it even better. Uh, nice but, man, yeah. I'm I'm glad you remembered that. But uh, that'll do it. That'll do it for this episode of Visit Saturday. We'll be back next week 
think we're doing the uh, SEC and the Sun and the not the Sun Belt Conference USA will be next next week. Ooh. So we'll, we'll we, head down we south. Pack twelve Mountain West will be the week after that. So pack for last. We've got two left. We'll go south, then we'll go west, and keep it right here. As always, follow us on social media. Follow us wherever you get your podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. This is hey. Is it Saturday yet? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs>